The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, the podcast that explores the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. The kings are about an idea, you see, where every man is free to follow his own path, do his own thing, where every man is a king in his own right. If I were to tell you that 200-ish years from now, we would be living in a wasteland, part of a society of people trying to put things back together, trying to understand their own past. And we kind of do that today a little bit when we look back at, say, ancient cultures like Egypt or Sumeria. But what if it was only 200 years in the future and we had pieces of the past? We had buildings left over. We had records, CDs, computers, things that we can get glimpses of the world that existed before us. And in that world were some very famous people, but we didn't have the full context of who they were or why they were famous. We would jump to conclusions. We would have all sorts of crazy ideas about who Taylor Swift actually was. And maybe she was a famous entertainer or maybe she was a religious figure, or maybe she was a superhero. We wouldn't really know. We'd have to piece it together from the evidence that we have. And this is exactly what happens with the Kings in New Vegas. Well, technically, they're in Freeside, which is just outside of New Vegas, but they're part of the Fallout New Vegas game. And in that game, we get the story of the kings, and specifically the king himself, who is a character that you meet. He was the leader of a gang in Freeside, and Freeside has a number of different gangs. In fact, there were numbers of gangs in and around New Vegas, which we talked about, and some of them got incorporated into the strip. We have whole episodes about that, and some of them didn't. Some of them remained out in the wastes. Some of them settled down sort of (laughs) in different locations. The Kings are one of those groups that found a home specifically here in Freeside and settled down and they gained a focus because that home was a museum to Elvis Presley and Elvis Presley, as we understand in our world was a very famous musician an actor. In fact, he was one of the most famous musicians and actors ever to have lived. World famous. And during his life, he spent a significant amount of time 
entertaining and performing out of Las Vegas. So it would make sense that this would be a location for fans of Elvis to go to a museum and experience all of the things they can in memory of this extremely famous individual. But to the Kings, this looked different. Things were, well, worn down after 200 so years, and not everything was still included in this museum, in this location. In fact, one of the things that was missing was his name. A nun of the artifacts of the items of the holotapes was kept the name Elvis Presley. The only thing they could find here that would refer to who this was, was the the title, the king. And that makes sense because Elvis was the king of rock and roll. That was one of his titles. It was something people commonly called him during his time and afterwards. And so they put the pieces of the puzzle together And they have this individual known simply as the king and a very specific location that was enshrined to him. And so they drew the conclusion that this must be a religious figure, a very entertaining and talented religious figure, but a religious figure nonetheless. And at first we might Think about that and go, oh, how, how would you come up with that? How does that make any sense? But think about all the commonalities here. Think about a uh, coming across a, uh, a Christian church or a temple of some sort hundreds of years after the fact. What are you going to find? Well, you may find iconography, pictures of the religious characters or the saints or individuals who some of those stories are told about. You will also find that it generally will be in a rather large building, the kind of place that could fit large numbers of people. You're also going to find some forms of literature about what the religion is or the history of the holy individual, their life, what they did, why they were so important, all of these kinds of things. And if you were to think about it today, if you had a religion in our world, say in the 20th or 21st centuries, all of a sudden crop up about an individual, a person, you would have recordings of those people. In the past, in ancient times, you go back two, 3,000 years, you could only write about it. Only so many people could actually write. So that would be very limited. You'd have a limited number of stories written down, mostly passed down by word of mouth until they got to the ears of somebody who could write. And then they would write the stories as they had been passed down over and over and over again, which is exactly what happens in pretty much every world religion because they're so old. But in today's society, we would have footage of them. We would have video and audio. And in the world of Fallout, you have holotapes, but the holotapes are incomplete and many of them have been wiped clean. And so they put the pieces back together. And then there's one more piece. The name of this individual, Elvis Presley, isn't given, but they know him as the king. 
in Christianity, there is a lot of monarchical, I don't know if that's the right word, but monarchy phrasing around God and Jesus and the idea that he's the king of kings and the one who rules over everything. So you might initially hear the king and think, well, how does that sound religious? It actually very much does. This is language that is still used today and was used back then. It comes directly from the Bible. So to have a character be claimed as the king would make sense if you wanted to consider that potentially a holy religious figure who was supposed to be in charge of everything. And in the case of Elvis, we know that that means he was really good at rock and roll or really popular. He was the best one who did it and everyone else copied him, that sort of thing. But that context is lost to history here. And so we just get the king. So when the gang discovers this location and their leader, who we only know also as the king, took it upon himself to investigate and learn all he could about this potential religious figure, he studied as much as he could. In fact, he's one of the few people who actually had access to the holotapes with recordings of Elvis speaking and the way that he phrased. And we all know from Elvis impersonators today that Elvis Presley had a very specific kind of way of speaking. He had not only that that kind of southern accent thing that he does, but he, he very much drew out certain words in certain ways. When we hear an Elvis impersonator today, we know exactly who they're impersonating because there's only one person that we think of when we think of the way that speech works. The king is one of only a handful of people who actually imitate that speech as if they are the representative on earth of this holy figure. And so they're doing the best they can in order to imitate that holy figure. Again, the same thing happens in different world religions where you take on whether it's Jesus or the Buddha, and it may not be wearing a pompadour and you know slicking back your hair and talking in a certain accent, but in those situations, people do the best they can in order to act like and make decisions similar to the deity that they are worshiping. So that also makes sense. Now, along with the other things that they found in this location, the king, the leader of the gang in this case, finds outfits. Of course, this was a museum, so they would have had outfits on display, the kinds of things that Elvis was wearing on stage. And of course, they became more and more extravagant later in his career. And then there's also a bunch of hair gel. And that part, I'm not sure why that would be in a museum, but let's roll with it. And so he starts dressing up as Elvis and doing his hair as Elvis in memory of this holy figure. And they also have some of the songs. They, they know that Elvis sang music, and so they, they have the music to listen to. But they also do other things similarly to the king. They have a, let's call it a laissez-faire attitude, a kind of relaxed, cool attitude about everything. Whereas somebody like Mr. House 
is very calculating. He has a plan. He's manipulating and organizing gangs outside of what was at least outside of his control originally into his control. Lots of robots all over the place. The Kings don't work that way. They work more like a rock star. And most rock stars, including Elvis, had kind of a laissez-faire attitude. They just wanted to do what they wanted to do. They just wanted other people to be cool and get along, that kind of thing. And so they are anarchists. Now, I'm going to say, I say laissez-faire, and then I say anarchist, and you probably, your antenna go up, and you probably go, wait, what? How is that the same thing? Anarchists believe that everybody should be free to do what they want to do. It's exactly the same kind of concept from that standpoint. It doesn't necessarily mean that everybody should be firebombing each other's property and killing each other on the streets. But unfortunately, if you don't have laws, that's often what you end up with as results. Because if there's nothing to keep people's darker urges from coming out, then those darker urges will show themselves. But from their standpoint, they're going, well, we're doing what Elvis would have done, or at least the king would have done because they didn't know his name. And so anarchy rules the streets of Freeside, but not completely. It's a little bit of a Wild West out there still, but it's a little bit more organized thanks to this gang because at least they have some organization in and among them. And there's that that sense of like everyone be cool with each other kind of thing. But if you got to go do your thing, then go do your thing anyway. So there's a little bit of organization there, but not a whole lot. So you'll notice as you walk around Freeside that there's still some, it's a pretty rundown place. And really the Kings are kind of the organized or most organized group out of everybody there currently. Now you'll notice as you work your way through the location and you meet the different individuals, that most of them are also dressed and look a lot like Elvis. You'll also notice that Elvis's philosophy as a rock star also kind of rubs off on the king as well, the king, the gang leader, because he's got two groupies and he keeps them very close. He loves them tender in his heart-shaped bed at night and takes them out onto the strip for dates and those kinds of things. But that idea of keeping multiple partners probably also plays into the philosophy of a rock star. Now, as I said earlier, we don't really have much of the backstory of the king himself. We don't know his actual name. We don't know where he came from, how old he is, although it's estimated he's probably somewhere in his mid-30s. Um, there's, there's a lot of vagaries around who this person is and what's going on with them other than we know that they found this location and they were running a gang and the gang converted to worshiping Elvis. This is also the location where you can find Rex, the cyber dog who can become one of your companions. You can swap out the brain and then he can run around with you. And I thought that was super cool when I discovered that, but I was a little bit confused as to why the cyber dog would be here of all locations. Well, until you think about it for a minute and then you realize he ain't nothing but a hound dog.
Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. So I'm so sorry I missed last week. I got, uh, as I described on social media, I got punched in the face by COVID. Uh, (laughs) I've been vaccinated and boosted and all sorts of things. And I'm pretty sure at some point over the last few years, actually had COVID maybe twice. I don't know. It's it's all a blur at this point. But no, it's going around again, and it got me real good. And I I sounded like an old man. Recording would have been absolutely terrible, and I had no energy. I slept almost every day. So I'm back. I got better. That's good, right? Yay. So I got better. Thank you for your well wishes, those of you who who noticed. And uh, I'm so sorry I didn't get to do an episode last week. But we're keeping things on the tracks. We're moving forward. And here's a reminder right here that if you are one of our patrons or will be one of our patrons, normally we do Tuesday nights, but we're moving it to Wednesday night on the 30th, 9 p.m. Uh, I checked with those of you who were in the Discord. Everybody was like, yeah, that's cool. So that's going to be the new date. Maybe we'll keep it to Wednesdays now. I've got a thing that goes on on Tuesday nights, and and that's going to be a little bit harder for me to do. So Wednesday night, the 30th, 9 p.m. for our patrons who join us for the patron chat. And I believe, unless everybody decides to change things, that we're going to talk more about different locations and get different perspectives from some of the patrons who weren't able to share their locations last time. Also, thank you to our newest patrons. I don't remember if we shouted out Terrell and uh, Shea Gorath's Sweet Roll. It's been a few weeks now, uh, but welcome. And then Chubbs Peterson, welcome to the Patreon as well. And thank you to all currently all 85 of our patrons and we got to shout out our uh our current um tier five patrons and we have a liberty prime now terrell who i think i mentioned terrell last time signed up as our liberty prime this is the top one terrell you are amazing thank you so much liberty prime you're the best (laughs) this is the top top thing you can do and then also germinator and larry d and Mark C and Sky R, thank you so much for being our Sentry Bots. And uh, if you are interested in joining us on the Patreon, patreon.com slash falloutlorecast is the place to do that. And we've got some reviews that came in. So let's get to those. Terrell, 
our our biggest patron currently uh, wrote on Apple Podcasts. Amazing. This podcast is simply amazing. It offers so much insight into the Fallout universe, much like Elder Scrolls Lorecast Robots does a great job of going in-depth about different events, characters, and landmarks in the Fallout universe. The monthly Patreon meeting also gives a great opportunity to hear multiple perspectives, multiple perspectives on the on certain topics. I've already suggested this podcast to friends who also love Fallout and plan to continue supporting the podcast however I can. Thank you so much. That is very, very kind of you to say. I really do appreciate that. And then we've got Chubbs Peterson, also another patron, who writes, A little late. I may be five years late, but I absolutely love this podcast. Fallout is one of my favorite games of all time. time. And... (laughs) Man, words are hard and have always been interested in the lore. Robots is an awesome host and plan on listening to all the podcasts in order. Still got a long way to go, but been absolutely loving loving it, especially listening to this at work and all me fumbling over all the words. And then Ghost62854 writes, amazing. I started listening to a few days ago and I'm about 30 episodes in. It's awesome. I've been looking forward to uh, looking for stuff on lore and I'm having fun listening. So thank you to all of you. And man, I got to get used to reading again, but maybe I'm always this bad at it. Uh, thank you to everybody for your support and for keeping the show going. I really do appreciate everything that you do. All right, let's move on with the rest of this episode because we've got some really cool facts about Elvis, which I thought was interesting. And then also I want to pick your brains about who you think we would discover today and end up worshipping in the future. So let's move on with that. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. All right, so we're back. And I thought it would be fun to dig in a little bit more into who Elvis is and why he seems so important and why they would end up having discovered him. Well, it turns out that I mean, he was the king of rock and roll. And looking into this, I don't know a ton about Elvis. I I know my general music history. I know a lot about specific artists over time and which albums they put out when and what kind of music they they play. As a musician myself, I've always been interested in that. But I haven't delved particularly strongly into Elvis. Uh, His music's fine to me, but uh, to me, rock and roll really evolved a good decade later and got interesting into the late 60s and 70s and 80s and the 90s. Uh, The early stuff is fairly simplistic, but was extremely controversial in its day and important in setting the groundwork for what rock and roll became. And Elvis is a big part of that. He's not the only part of it, but he's a big part of it. So I looked up some facts. These come from the Graceland website, which Graceland, home of Elvis, you can go. In fact, my uh, my father and mother-in-law decided to go visit recently and walked around and checked everything out. So, yes, he was called the king of rock and roll. This is interesting. He was inducted into five halls of fame, rock and roll, country, because there was kind of a very fine line between those two back then gospel rockabilly and r&b all of those things were closer together as you go back in time they seem to have gotten further apart as time has gone on uh he sold according to this website over one billion records worldwide now wikipedia is going to argue with that point because I looked up and I wanted to see who the other artists were who might be on the same level as Elvis. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. He also has had over 150 different albums and singles certified gold, platinum, 
and multi-platinum, that means hit a certain number of sales goals. Now, you might be thinking, he didn't put out 150 albums. Like, he was only really active until from, like, the 50s to the 70s, right? Like, that's a lot of albums. My guess on that is that there are compilation albums that got re-released over time, singles every time he put another single out, and this next fact lends itself to that. Uh, Elvis still holds the record for most top 40 hits at 114 total. So you go back in time when people were buying singles, and if 114 of them were in the top 40, then maybe many of those went gold or platinum or whatever, which adds to that 150 total. Uh, He also starred in 31 feature films and two concert documentaries. I was aware of the documentaries. I was aware of some of the more famous films, but I did not realize that he was in 31 different films. That's a lot. Now, looking back on this, and there's a ton of other stuff. You can go look up the rest of this stuff. And those are kind of the most impressive and interesting facts. It makes sense that somebody of this caliber would have enough left behind that people could find it and decide to start worshiping him and think that he must have been a really important person. And in our reality, we know that he was important because he was kind of spearheading in a way a new type of music that took off. He was charismatic. He had a very unique and popular singing voice and was just the kind of guy that this, I don't know, he features in my mind as the kind of person that the the way that fame works in the 20th century really congealed around, if that makes sense. He's the kind of person who still today That little bit of rebellious came from the blue collar, doing his own thing, rock and roll sort of attitude, still very talented, charismatic, charming, attractive. Like those things all together still work today in building a famous person, whether that's an actor or a musician or whatever. So I I did a little bit more research here. I wanted to see what the top actual album sales are and who they connect with. And it's interesting because I would think that we have other artists that are more recent than the ones that we get at the top of this list who have broken some of these records. So for example, Taylor Swift, who I mentioned, or Beyonce, or who else doesn't seem to ever go away? Uh, Coldplay or the Foo Fighters or, you know, some of these groups, right? Or artists. But it turns out that most of the top certified, and this is certified units sold, are all artists from at least a few decades ago. And it turns out that Elvis is not at the top of the list, at least not at the very top of the list. He's second on the list with a certified 233.9 million units sold, which is a little bit less than a quarter of what is claimed on the Graceland site. But... I guess it depends on how you count it, right? Above Elvis, do you want to guess? You want to take a a moment and guess? The Beatles. The Beatles outsold Elvis. They're at 291.9, almost 292 million units sold. And their time period overlaps with Elvis's later career from the 60s to the 70s. Now, who do you think is number three? I'm going to say the name and you're going to be like, okay, yeah, absolutely. Michael Jackson, 
And this is where it gets a little foggy because this is ordered by claimed sales, not total certified units sold. So according to the claimed sales, the Beatles have somewhere between 600 and 500 million. Elvis has 500 million and Michael Jackson has 400 million. But according to the total certified units, which I was listing before, Michael Jackson should be listed higher than Elvis at 284 instead of 233. So I guess, I mean, in my mind, I would go with the certified units, the ones that you can absolutely confirm rather than claimed units, because that sounds like you could just say, oh, well, you know, we sold you know another three million in Zimbabwe in the last decade. And it's like, well, was anybody keeping track in Zimbabwe? We don't really know. Um, and <laughs> I don't know if you're from Zimbabwe. I don't know what their ability to track units sold on albums is, but I'm just thinking far away places from where I live that maybe it would be difficult to, to you know, verify that. Um, further down the list, we've got Elton John, Queen. These both make sense. Madonna. That makes sense. Led Zeppelin. And then ninth and 10th. 10th is Pink Floyd. Ninth is the most recent artist of all of these, Rihanna. Rihanna shows up on the top 10 list. So most of them are from a lot further back in the past, but Rihanna's been around for a while. She showed up in the scene 20 years ago at this point. It's 2023. She started in 2003. That's still decades in the past. That's still, I mean, I guess I mentioned some of these other artists like Beyonce and Taylor Swift, and they started a little a little while ago too. But, and you can consider her a current artist. And some of these are still current artists technically, you know, like Elton John still performs from time to time. Madonna still performs from time to time. But their heyday, they were at their height of popularity decades ago. And I guess Rihanna is one of the few that you could still say is, is kind of riding that wave, the current wave of popularity. Um, but this is all very interesting. And then the numbers, the numbers get to down to about 250 million uh, claimed, 200 million claimed, um, and then lower numbers for certified. But this is interesting as well, because remember, I noted that this is an order of claimed sales. If you look in order of total certified units, Rihanna is at the top. And maybe that's just because we're better at certifying the units sold in today's world than we were, say, 20, 30, 40 years ago, with 358.8 million certified units sold, which is really weird because that number is 100 million more than the claimed sales. So I don't know who's filling in this detail on this Wikipedia page, but that doesn't make any sense because if you have an actual certified number that's higher than the claim number, then raise the claim number because it should match at least, right? One of those should always be higher than the other. Anyway, Rihanna, congratulations. I think in the future, we might end up with, I don't know, worshiping you. And so that was the question I posed at the beginning. If we were to go 200 years in the future, who would we find a museum worshiping, <laughs> or at least what we would think is worshiping, and build a religion around? Rihanna, I think you're at the top of the list for that. If we go down the list even further, I think we start to find other artists who we might end up worshiping in the future. Here we go. Eminem, 330 certified units. Again, higher than some of the ones way at the top of the list. And then we got, we got the divas. Mariah Carey, Taylor Swift, 
Beyonce, Whitney Houston, Celine Dion. Can you imagine a pantheon of divas being worshipped in the future? That would be amazing. I have to think about like how would we represent that? That would be, and what would we do to worship them? So cool, such fun ideas for ways that we could extrapolate into the future from our current time rather than say, you know, middle of the 20th century, which Fallout focuses on. Uh, but I thought that would be a fun thought experiment and I thought it'd be fun to do an episode on the Kings. I hope you enjoyed this and I look forward to chatting with our patrons next week. It's coming up very soon. Until then, stay safe out there in the wasteland. Oh, and we just got some recent news from Gamescom. The Fallout TV show officially will be launching next year. We don't have a date, but I'm hoping that means earlier than later, but I guess we'll find out. All right, stay safe out there. I'll see you next time. To plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Reach out to me on Twitter at robots underscore radio. Check out the Robots Radio Rocket Club where you can join me and a bunch of our other creators creating your podcast, starting a new podcast, or helping your current podcast grow. There's more information about that on robotsradio.net as well. And you can always talk with us and the entire community, over 2,000 people on the Robots Radio Discord. Come join us. We'd love to chat with you. See you guys next time.